Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. on the show today with all of you. Today we have a special show. We have Gordana Beernot, and we're waiting for Mr. Jay Logan over from the East Coast, so we're looking forward to having him on. But before we uh, go any further, today will be a 30-minute show. It's a special show. We're returning after being, you know, a little bit on hiatus for the past 30, I'm sorry, for the past couple of months. And please excuse my voice, unfortunately in the summer, I do have a cold, but we are really ready to get into the show and and just uh, talk with Gordana Bernard, who has been on the show before. She is an Oprah Super Soul 100 teacher, a writer, a speaker, also a wisdom teacher, uh, just so many different hats that she wears, That and, and a teacher that also teaches us and to navigate and find our purpose in life. Well, we're really super excited because she has also fulfilled on one of her purposes by supporting us in our purpose in life, and that is writing a book. So without further ado, we're going to bring on Miss Gordana Fearnot. How are you? I am well, Gordana. How are you feeling today? Oh, I'm feeling great. We're having summer in Sweden, and I enjoy the heat and the sun. It's beautiful. I, I, today is a beautiful day. I could only imagine. I miss Sweden so much. Really, I do. Mm-hmm. You know, um, to, I, this is a beautiful time, actually, for you to be releasing mm-hmm. your book right now, Know Your Truth. And, you know, to have everyone experience that also through the summer right now, you know, it's a, it's yeah. a wonderful thing. You know, Gordon, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's really exciting to have you on a show just before your book is launching in September. And, um, you know, we would love to just, you know, find out from you with the excitement of your new book. Would you tell the audience about the new book? 
and why you chose to write this book now. Well, my book, Hashtag Know the Truth, Why Knowing Who You Are Changes Everything, um, is a book about really knowing who you are because it does change everything. When we know who we are, no action can come from unconsciousness. I feel that the world is a little bit in some kind of automatic unconscious action mode. And when you know who you are, you give yourself time to think before you act. And the book is all about that, becoming more conscious of who we truly are and becoming more conscious of our own truths, what we are here to explore and why we choose to be born in a time like this. So I feel that it's it's absolutely perfectly on time to release a book like that. Wow. Wow. Okay, well, you know, one of the other things, Gordana, is, you know, this book is really going to be such a support to so many people. I want to know how do you feel this book really supports people today in truly understanding who they are? Well, because I really do explore our source, so to speak, because I I truly believe that each and every one of us comes from a source that is unconditionally loving and accepting, which means that we too are that. And when when we incarnate into this world, we kind of forget this and we become... Uh, our vision become blurred, becomes blurred by the fear and the belief systems that we kind of pick up while growing up here. And my book explores the belief systems and my book explores what fear actually is, that it is an illusion. I do talk about that love is our source. And every time you connect to that source, you see the true the true and real world as it is. I feel that we are dream, kind of dream, dreaming this world into being, and we are choosing to dream a bad dream. And I know that we can choose to dream a better dream because we are the ones creating this world. So my book helps people to connect to the core and the, the, the truth within them. Hmm. You know, it's a very interesting thing you said. You, you speak about fear, you know? You know, mm-hmm. in, in looking at a lot of the things that you're sharing in the book, and especially in terms of, you know, today there's a lot of fear, okay? Mm-hmm. How, mm-hmm. in reading your book, how can one connect with their own fear and realize it's just fear and that they can actually navigate to the person that they are and the purpose that they are. I mean, it's it's in an everyday um, it's an everyday reaction because you say connect to your fear. I feel that we are too connected to our fear, and that's why fear has become solid in our reality. It has become more uh, the thing that we believe in. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. You know, uh, Gordana, what's beautiful about this book and the work that you've been doing for a long time now, okay, is that I have a personal question for you. How does it feel to fulfill on what was your purpose, okay, 
and supporting others? Mm. How does this feel to fulfill on your own personal purpose? Because that's the power of this book that I, what I really love. Many authors, we thank them for the books that they write. You know, it's really great. Mm. It's really helpful. But you're actually, the energy and the beauty of your book is that you are fulfilling on your own personal passion and purpose, which is supporting mm. others and fulfilling on their purpose. How does that feel to you to be doing this for yourself? Mm-hmm. And in doing it for yourself, you're doing it for so many people. It it feels it feels really, really wonderful. I mean, it feels like I feel like a flower that is opening up because I can I can reach the sun, I can reach the rain. I I feel like I'm opening up and this is such a beautiful thing because it gives me space and time to be. I become bigger than I ever thought that I could be because I'm sharing my vision of how I feel this world is created with others who can tap into this and we're creating this space when where everyone can see the same thing. We can elaborate on the same place to see the world from a better perspective. And this feels, I cannot describe this. It's, it's like champagne in your body. It's bubbly. Every time I think about it, I feel joyous. I feel, I feel so um, expanded in my consciousness every time I think about this. And, and it's, it's, it's beautiful to feel it. It's really beautiful to tap into your own purpose and do the things you really believe in it, there's nothing more beautiful than that. You know, it, I love that you said it's a beautiful thing to tap into your own purpose. Mm. Can you say a little bit more about that? Because I don't, you know, as you say it, I mean, I I get to live my purpose every day. Of course, it's, you know, mm. other things we would all love to be doing. But I get to do that, and I love the fact that I do. Mm. What? Explain how people can tap into their purpose. Because, you know, that's something that people don't even know where to start sometimes. They have an idea of what they want to do, you know. And and what I've seen, you know, from the excerpt of your book that I had the opportunity for myself to read, it, it you know, it's right there. You know, but it's sometimes hard to explain to someone tapping into your purpose. And, and really I think that people connecting with that. I think that we're kind of uh, disconnected from our purpose because we become conditioned into doing what is normal and doing what is good for society. I mean, school and media and, and education, everything conforms us into these boxes so that we fit into society. And doing this, we kind of disconnect from our own purpose. We, we, we forget who we are and what why we are here. But there is a purpose why... Each and every one of us is born here. I mean, all that is desired us into being. And your desires, what you love to do, is actually your purpose in life. So what you love to do is your purpose in life, whatever that might be. But we're, we're constantly correcting ourselves. If you love to do something that will not give you economic freedom, then you don't do it because you have to earn money. So it disconnects you from your desires. I think that there is a way to do this if you are following your excitement in every single thing during the day. You ask yourself, do I like this or don't I? And then every time choose the things that you like, even though it might not be the things you love, 
but to try to choose a way to do things that will give you more of what you love. And I mean, it, it doesn't have to take a long time before you start connecting to the desire and to who you are within, and then you start creating from that point. And that's when you find your purpose. I mean, you can't check that off. You can't wake up in the morning and say, I will find my purpose, because it is, a, it is an action that is always in the now moment. You have to choose things that are more aligned with who you are in each and every choice you do during the day. So it's, it's small steps, but when you take enough steps, the purpose becomes clear to you, and you have to be open to that. So you have to stay open. Fear does not allow you to stay open, so you have to do things that are not fearful for you. So it, it is a, it's, it's a dance through life. You have to take st- small steps towards your purpose, and before you know it, there it is. You, you just see it and you know it. You know, that's an interesting thing because in a society now, you know, we are, as a society, just as you said earlier in the call, we are Mm -hmm. now in a dance with the world. We all are in a dance. And there there might be people saying right now, Verdana, well, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm in a society that me taking on, as you said, I really want to do X. And even though I may not be paid a lot of money for it, I want to do X. I'm living in a society where it's now you have to, you really, it looks like we, we're going towards a direction of non, you know, being open, a little more open than where we are now. Now I have to conform. And I know my purpose. Um, I, there's something I want to do in life or, you know, but now everyone wants to stay safe. Out of like you said, going back to fear. How do I navigate in the society and be authentic? You know, where it may not be accepted, and I have to live. Some people may say, "Well, Gordana, I have to live," and I can feel the pull of my purpose and what I want to do in life. It doesn't even have to be necessarily a job. It could be, you know, I want to be a mother, I want to be a father, or you know. Mm. Um, there's a hobby I want to take on, but it goes against I'm married or it goes against what my girlfriend mm. or my boyfriend wants or my family wants. Mm. You know, it could be anything. Mm. How do I navigate this in a time and place where society is kind of not knowing what direction to go in? And, you know, I'm in a, in a situation where I do have to conform a little bit. You know, what do mm. I do? I don't want to hide who I am. I don't want to hide the purpose that I have. What do you say to people in that kind of situation? Well, I would I would start by asking you, why do you feel that you need to hide? Hmm. Okay. <laughs> That's the question to ask yourself. Why do you feel the need to hide? And the next question is, I mean, a lot of other people might feel the same, and if they're hiding it, then you will never know. So it means that we are creating a society that is not based on who we are. And this is what is happening. So this society or this reality is created through each and every one of us. So what you are putting out there is what you're getting back. And the same goes for each and every one of us. 
So if you think that way and all the rest of us think that way, then we are creating an unconscious society. And you cannot change your reality unless you start with yourself. So right. it's a question right. yes, so it's a question of why are you hiding? Is it real fear? Because if you if you fear that society won't accept you because you are as you are, then there is something wrong with the society. So you either way you have to start changing it somewhere and the only place you actually can do that is now and within you. There is, there, there is no other way to do it. You have to do it within and you have to start with you. You have to ask yourself the question, why am I afraid to show who I am? And that's looking fear in the eye because I promise you when you do that, the fear will disappear because it's not real. It is something that we have been taught and conditioned into believe. But there are so many people that think the same way as you do and if everyone does this, then there is nothing to fear because we are all different, even though we come from the same source. We have different desires. We have different needs in this reality. And if we, each and every one of us, acknowledge our own needs and our own desires, then it becomes a conscious, a conscious society to live in. This is where we go wrong. We hide ourselves all the time in fear of showing who we are because the society won't accept us. But what kind of society is that? Do you want to live in that society? You need to change it from within. You have to start with yourself, and it takes courage to do that. Yes, it does. It does. And, and you know, one of the things, one of the biggest things that we have out there, you know, I, it's, it's an interesting time that we're in right now because, as you know, technology is going to artificial intelligence. You know, we're going into robotics mm-hmm. these days. And... Mm-hmm. You know, for certain for certain people, even the young people, there's a funny thing about the human human nature. All right, mm-hmm. human nature is okay for a while of being distracted from who 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 they are as a human being, but taking away their the, the instinct within a human being completely, like artificial intelligence, nothing to fear if it's used correctly. Mm-hmm. It, how does that distract us, especially, you know, being on our telephones, you know, everything? Because, in fact, being on our telephones is now really old <laughs> old technology to some degree. Um, it's really going into artificial intelligence and a lot of things that are actually going to be taking the place of human beings and doing it for us now. Mm. How, how well, will that, this, do you think, play a part? And, and people knowing what their purpose is. Well, this is this is why I feel that my book is really, really relevant here. Because if you are connected to your soul, if you are connected to your purpose, and if you are connected to who you truly are, then it doesn't matter. You will use your phone as a conscious being. It is when you're disconnected from who you truly are and disconnected from your purpose in this reality. That is when others can tap into your energy and use you to be the to create a reality that you don't want. So mm-hmm. yeah. I mean technology can do anything, but it is we we are the ones using it. And if we're not connected to who we are, then we're using the technology in the wrong way because it will become something that is distracting us, something that is creating a reality we don't want. But 
when you are connected to your core, then no action can be unconscious, which means that you use the tools in a conscious way. As you and I are doing now, we are talking, I mean, I'm in Sweden and you're in the U.S., and we're talking, and this is a good purpose. This is a good way of using technology because I am conscious and you are conscious. But it, 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 is always, it always comes from within. It doesn't matter what we're doing on the outside. If we want to change it, we need to do it from within. The same goes with technology. How we use it, it has to become more conscious. And why I'm talking about becoming conscious, because when we become conscious of the source, the unconditionally loving or accepting source, which is within us, then violence becomes irrelevant because it doesn't fit in to who you are. And I, I, I mean this because... I know that if each and every one of us had some kind of illumination where they just caught a glimpse of who you are from, from that perspective, it would change the world in an instant. In an instant. We wouldn't need any time to change it. But the problem is that we are disconnected from that core and we are operating on belief systems that were not created by us but were created historically by others. And we have just accepted them, adopted them, and now we're creating a reality which we do not understand because we are doing it from an unconscious core. You know, but now when we look at this, Gordana, you know, studies are showing, and it is factual to a degree. You know, as an example, you're in a taxi, all right, here in New York. You take a taxi, and rather, I mean, this is a taxi driver. New Yorkers are pretty easy when you're a New Yorker. It's pretty easy to get around, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and if you've been a taxi driver for a while, you should know your routes and what times are the best mm-hmm. times in the city. Most, most drivers do. But then we have a lot of, I mean, a lot of drivers these days mm-hmm. who are very clear of the um, of the routes, but they're using a GPS. As an example, I was in a taxi yesterday, mm. and he's using his GPS to go a very short distance. And I said to him, I said, why are you using a GPS to go literally not that far from the train station? He says, oh, to see traffic. I said, well, if you, if you use your instincts and you've been driving a while, mm. he says, oh, five years. I said, then you would know the time. Nothing changes here in New York. Mm. It's always the same. And he said, you know, I've never heard someone say that. He says, I've been using technology for everything. I said, and he said, I am losing my instincts. Mm. I said, so you have forgotten who you are. He said, to a huge degree, because I am not conscious. So it's so funny that we're talking about conscious, because he said he wakes up, gets to his phone, gets up, goes to school, and he steps out to get into the car. And before he goes to school, this is what he does. He studies at college at night, and during the day, this is what he's doing. But he's just using his phone to navigate everywhere. He said he's so not even conscious to the people in the back, but he's conscious to being paid. I found that very interesting. It is very interesting. So interesting story, because what what you're actually asking him is why he's uh, not present 
And the question is, where is he when he's not present? Because he's driving on automatic thoughts. He's just driving. And a lot of people are doing this, even though they're not driving the taxi, they're doing other things. Because we are, I think that we have created a society where we are so goal-oriented. And in his case, the goal is to get paid for the drive, and that's it. When we become so goal-oriented, you know when you focus your eyes on bullseye on a target everything else becomes blurry and that's what happens it becomes blurry and time speeds up when that happens so we lose time and we lose space also because everything is blurry and then we he gets paid and that's it and that's how life kind of passes you by without you being present in it what we need to do is we we need to become more present in the small things in our lives. I mean, you can't stop and smell the flowers. I know it sounds cheesy, but it is really, really a good way to focus yourself back on earth. Focus yourself down through your feet into the ground because that's what you need to do. That is why we are here, actually. When I was younger, I always thought that my purpose here in life was to be become more conscious of my source, to become more one with my source. And then I met my husband, and he enjoys life so much. And I watched him, and I thought, there's something I'm missing here, because why would my soul put me on earth if the purpose is to get back to it? It's not. The purpose here is to explore physical reality, which means that my soul, my my higher self is operating through this physical body in order to get a specific experience, which is experiencing the physical world, tasting, smelling, hearing the sounds, everything in every single now moment. When we disconnect from that source, we forget why we are here. We become goal-oriented and we everything is blur- blurred out then. So I think that In order to find yourself, in order to stop the time from just running away, you need to literally stop and smell the flowers. You know, that's um, stop and smell the flowers. You know, it's a shame in a time when this is what we used to do. This has almost become the, the minority thing to do. You know, everyone's yes. on their phones, and, and, and yeah. so we don't even sit down and have dinner with everyone. And, mm-hmm. and again, I don't know if you're experiencing that society is, like, falling between the trend. Now, for like with your book where, and, and many other things, you are having people become conscious, again, so that they mm-hmm. become conscious with each other. Mm-hmm. We are, it seems yeah. like society is saying, let's become conscious again with each other. There's a mm-hmm. pull towards that because we were so focused mm. inward on ourselves too, many books that mm. were out before didn't explain how to not only connect with yourself, because there, there is a balancing act of connecting with who you are and then bringing mm. who you are to life, like you said, with the others around mm. you, because you cannot live alone. Just as you said, you met your husband, and there was a way mm. that he loves life and lives life to the fullest. It's like, wait a minute, am I missing out on something here? Mm-hmm. It's, we're going through a very, very interesting time where mm-hmm. technology was taking over for a while, even up through last year, that I think now people are becoming a lot more present. 
And I think it's because of the times that we're living in. People are, you know, again, becoming fearful. But interestingly enough, this kind of fear is different. It's not fearful of life, but it's almost like waking Mm. us up to life again, you know, Uh, how we treat the climate and things like that. What are your thoughts on that? I think that, well, I I was thinking about it when you said uh, technology takes over. This is this is to me. Of, um, I can't find the right words, but I, I feel that it's an externalization of our own power when we think about that in that way. Nothing external mm-hmm. can take over, and that is. I write this in my book. Really, really, it's all about that. There is no power outside of you, literally. And when, you, when we talk about this and that taking over, that is an illusion and that is a fear which we tap into and then start believing it. And that, that is what makes this world so hard to <laughs> navigate in. There is, there is no such thing. Technology can't take over unless people let it do so. The same goes with your past. It cannot take over your life unless you let it do so because Everything comes from the now moment and it is created through each and every one of us, which means that if we believe that technology will take over, then it will because we believed that into being. And if we say, no, technology is going to be something we are going to use in order to elevate ourselves, then that is the reality we're going to create because this reality is created through us. There is no doubt about that in my mind, that we are the ones literally manifesting it into being through each and every single soul on this earth, including children. Every, every one of us, we are, we are creating this reality through our belief systems. So that is, it is very important to understand what do I believe in and why do I believe this? So our beliefs are the key in this. But now, now Gordana, here's a, here's a very interesting question for you. Our beliefs, that was really interesting because as young people are growing today, all right, and then you have young parents, you know, just as new generations start in general, there is, there is something. So, for instance, you know, we're, we're now immersed in the, the, the virtual reality world, okay? And it is, it, it does, virtual reality does do something to the brain. It really does. It's not even if you believe that it does. It creates an, alter, an alternate reality, okay? And when the mind connects with an alternate re- reality, biochemically within us, our language biochemically and our focus shifts, okay? One has to have a very strong consciousness and a very strong mind to understand where they are. If you're growing up in a world where you are a young person, I mean young, I mean you're four or five or six, and you're growing up mm. with parents who are growing up in this world, we mm. have to bring them into a place of consciousness because they may not mm. be conscious. They're used to an automatic world, you know what I mean? One where it's done for them rather than, so how do we shift that? Not even a fear well, or anything, but, you know, shift no, that consciousness but, in itself. Yeah, but I think that our children are actually born with a consciousness, so we don't need to 
to teach them that I could see that on my own son. I mean, he, he was really very present when he was born. I needed to learn to be that present as he was. So I don't think that we need to teach our children to become more present. We need to become more present ourselves because our children do what we do, not what we tell them. And if if you give your two-year-old a a telephone and say, please do play with it, then of course that child will deep dive into it because it, it is curious. We are all curious by nature. So I don't think that, I don't think that we can teach our children to become more conscious. I think they are very okay. conscious when they come into this world. The problem is that we learn, we, we teach them how to shut that down. That's the problem. In my hmm. world, that is, okay. that is what, I, what, I, what I feel. So I don't think the children need to be <laughs> taught to be more conscious, especially not the small ones. I mean, the, the ones that are two, three, four, five years old, I think, I think that they are conscious. And then the conditioning begins. And that is that's where they shut that down, and that's where we have to re- remind ourselves that as we begin to build our path, as you said earlier, we begin to build out the path. Yeah, I, and yeah, and as we build the path, you have to remember. Yeah, please share. No, I just wanted to share a story because when my son was, I think he was six or seven years old, maybe seven. Uh, he had some problems on the schoolyard. Some boys were teasing him and, and pushing him around. And he came home and he was really sad and told me this story. And I told him, well, you have to learn to fight back. And then I went down on my knees and I told him to push me as hard as he could because I wanted to teach him how to defend himself. And my son was just standing there. He looked me in the eyes and he said, but mom, if I push them, they will be hurt, won't they? And that is when it hit me that my son actually had an expanded version of consciousness, which I had forgotten. So, it, I mean, I had to understand this because he shared an esoteric t- uh, secret with me. And that is, if I hurt you, then I hurt myself because we are one. And I mean, I had to stop myself in my thinking and start thinking about what am I trying to teach my child? Am I try- How can retaliation and more victims solve a problem? You have to go higher in your thinking if you want to solve a problem like that, which means that my son actually had a, a more expanded version of consciousness than I had at that moment. And that's why I'm saying children are actually born with a lot of wisdom and a lot of knowledge and we don't see it because we are so preoccupied living in our own little world, which we have created, that we don't see the children the way they are from the beginning. We need to learn something from them. They don't need to learn anything from us. <laughs> Quite interesting. You, um, you know, um, we only have like three last questions for you. You know, yeah. you are in Sweden, okay? And being in Sweden and being in Europe, you get to talk to so many people around the world, Gordana, every day, through the work you do and everything. Do you find, you know, cult, do you find that culture plays a part? I often find that human beings are human beings no matter where they go. They're warm, loving people, all right? But do you find that culture plays a part in who people are at times or their background or discovering who they are? 
or do they or find that they discover themselves in different ways because of the country they may come from or the background they come from or the home they come from? Would you say a little bit about that? Well, if I look at my Twitter uh, feed, because I have a lot of followers on Twitter uh, from all over the world, I see that truly it doesn't matter. Culture does not matter. If you want to know who you truly are, you will connect to a source which will help you to do that. So, I mean, I have followers from literally all over the world. And 50% women, 50% men, which is also very, very uh, a curious thing. So I don't think so. I think that if you really, truly want to know who you are, it doesn't matter what culture. The culture might uh, create problems for you when you do that. But as a human being, I don't think that there is any difference between us. Honestly, I don't. It's like looking at an x-ray. I see skeletons all over the place. So, I mean, we're all the same underneath. And I think that we all all have this same quest. We're on the same quest. We, we, we want to connect to our source. And the ones that really do want to do that, it doesn't matter where they come from. All over the globe, it's the same thing. People are connecting to one and the same thing. That's that. That's my experience when I look at my Twitter feed. I, I, I mind boggle sometimes to see the people from Nepal and people from uh, New Zealand and and someone from Norway, and they ask me the same questions. Which means that culture actually is not uh, a thing. It is something deeper, deeper inside. I love that, and I and I too agree with you. I think that at the end of the day. A human being is a human being, and it has nothing to do with culture. You know, it. it yeah. I don't even. Yeah, I, I. I have to disagree with you. That's a hundred percent. You know, um, where mm-hmm. I would say I am as well. You know, mm-hmm. we want to talk because what I love about the fact that you have written this book, you're fulfilling on your purpose, which lays the groundwork, so to speak, energetically as well, for others reading mm-hmm. your book to fulfill on their purpose. You know, one of the things is you've become an, uh, an Oprah super, uh, one of Oprah's Super Soul 100 teachers, all right? This, I think, will help a lot of other people walk into their purpose, this question. You literally are living your purpose. I'm sure when you started out, you didn't say, well, I'm going to be an Oprah Super Soul 100 teacher. It may not have even been available at that time. How, when, mm. when this happened for you, what was what what was the feeling like for you, you know, of really seeing that consciously what you were creating to make a difference? I mean, it, and people use that word very loosely these days, but you were actually really making a difference every day effortlessly for people because that was, you knew that this was your calling and you were enjoying it. Did you what was that moment that you were like, wow, this is really happening? I'm meeting with Oprah. I'm becoming a Super Soul 100 teacher, which means that I will get to fulfill on my purpose of even furthering, supporting others, and empowering others, and finding their own purpose and 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 living life completely consciously, not unconscious. What was that like for you personally? <laughs> 
It was uh, it was fantastic. It's it's a validation. I mean, we all need some kind of outer validation. I mean, I had a huge following before Oprah found me on Twitter, and I was sharing my thoughts on a daily basis. I mean, I tweeted 10, 12 tweets each day with specific truth thoughts which they could use in order to elevate themselves during the day. And I loved doing it because it, it made me feel good and I knew that it it kind of found the hearts out there that needed it. So it gave me joy and it gave me pleasure. When I was found by Oprah, it expanded that pleasure for me because I got to be validated in what I was doing. And if I would compare it to something before, Oprah found me, that would be that I was whispering and now I have a megaphone and I, I do this on a much larger scale. And then it resulted wow. into a book, which also expanded me even more. And I know that when I expand, I help others expand because they're tapped into, tapped into what I'm my message out there. So it is an expansion and that expansion feels great. It's like being a child and playing something with something really, really funny that I love to do. That's how I feel each and every day. And I'm not exaggerating because this really, really feels like a bubbly thing to do in this reality. This is what I wanted to do even if, the, even if I didn't know that when I started off doing this. I started off doing this because I needed to express myself in small words and then when it connected to other people the way it did and then just expanded by being chosen into the super soul 100 teachers i mean that it, it's it's very hard to explain that in words but it feels really great in my body <laughs> <laughs> you know how that is something i want that that i think people are going to be asking right now okay what does everyone go through a challenging time? That's part of being a human being when you're connecting consciously and expanding yourself. Okay. What? Just so everyone knows, it's not you know, it's not always rosy when you're expanding yourself. No. What were some of the challenges <laughs> no, you had? You know, you had even though you've become a Super Soul 100 teacher, you are writing a book. You had to expand within yourself. In order to do that oh. point where you wanted to express yourself and then you saw it was touching and moving and inspiring others, what did you, if you wouldn't mind sharing so people understand for themselves as well, what were some of the things you went through, uh, Gordana, in expanding yourself to, to this point? Because sometimes that's, you know, growth is, is, is not always the easiest thing, you know. What were some of the things that you had to deal with along the way for yourself? Give us one example, at least. Well, of course, there's all fear is always something that will stop you from doing what you are meant to do. And, I mean, I am a woman, and I live in this society. And the way our society is created today, it is more of the masculine energy out there. So as a woman, I always felt insecure in that environment so to speak because if you come from a feminine energy and you're trying to interact with that masculine dominant energy out there then it becomes it becomes hard to speak and talk your truth 
And I think that that has been one of the, the, the hardest thing to, things to do. When I was in my 20s, in my 30s, even in my 40s, I had troubles with that because I felt that I wasn't being heard. And something shifted within me because my mother got really sick and she was almost, I mean, she, she was practically dying at that time. And something shifted within me because I was thinking, okay, so life, you never know when life ends. Is this the way it's supposed to be? Are you not supposed to be, I mean, flourishing and, and, and growing and expanding in this reality? So I simply, my husband actually said, you need to express these thoughts because they are within you and there are a lot of people out there that need to hear what you're thinking. And while we were sitting down in our garden and I was writing in my iPad and he said, why don't you tweet these things out? And I started tweeting them and that's where it all is. Because I felt that I connected to other beings that were of the same frequency as I. And that's how I understood that I'm not alone in those thoughts. There are a lot of people out there doing the same thing as I'm doing and need someone who will help them to express it in a certain way. And I became that thing, I mean, that channel to express it in that way. And I'm, it, it wasn't easy because I didn't like Twitter in the beginning. I was thinking it's very hard to do such a thing. I mean, boil down existential thoughts into 140 characters is not an easy task. But it actually became a liberation for me because it made me become more sharp in my thoughts. It made, it made me become more certain of what I wanted to put out there. And that's how it all started. And now I'm, I'm addicted to it. I can't stop doing it because I love, I love sharing this with people. And as I said, it became a book. So, it, of course, there are always obstacles on the way and and always there is always some kind of pain before it becomes it becomes joy and my pain was right. that i realized that my my life is going to end and i'm not i i haven't shared anything of who i am with this world why am i not sharing it and that's why why i started doing it because i saw my own mother and, and she was she was dying and when you see your own mother in that I mean, we all think that our parents are never going to die. And when they come to that point and you look at them, you become aware of your own mortality. And I think that was something that triggered me in that moment. So in, that, in, in triggering in that moment, you knew that your purpose was to make a difference with this world by sharing with people for themselves how to become conscious. Or not, not teaching no, them how I to would, become conscious, but, letting, yeah. but learning learning through your your words that were just resonating with them already. You know something? I didn't know that in that moment. I think that these kind of things come with time. What I knew in that moment was that I needed to express myself. I did not know who would read the things I, I wrote or, or where the message would end up. But I, I knew that I needed to leave some kind of footprint of the thoughts I had in my head. Because if I didn't do that, mm. then it will just disappear with me. I wouldn't have made a difference anywhere. So, uh, of course, I made a difference. I mean, I have a son and I have been his mother, and that has been one of the greatest purposes in, in my life to be. But this was a personal thing. This was something for me. This was something for to, to leave something of myself in this world. And I know that each and every one of us has something they want to leave behind. And 
I did not know that in, in that moment I thought, oh, the world needs what I have. No, it was just an expression, an urge coming from me, a desire to express myself without a goal, just express myself and put it out there in writing somewhere. Because I know that I'm a writer <laughs> and that needed to, to be born within me, becoming the writer wow. that I really am. Wow. Well, you know, um, I'm mean, just going to sneak. Yep. We have two two last questions for you. I'm just going to sneak this mm-hmm. one in. You know, it, it, I would say that it almost seemed like you knew very early on, maybe without realizing it. You know, one of the things is your background is in art, okay? And mm-hmm. and in and in art, you have there's creativity. Mm-hmm. So I would even say eventually to say your creativity was there. Would you say that when you look back now? The, the major that you took in school and in university, would you say that when you look back now, having an interest in yeah. art and that creativity has lent itself to the work that you're doing now? I think, I think it has because as an art historian, I'm always looking for the soul behind the artist. Where, where has the artist left his soul in the picture? Because that, make, that always makes a masterpiece. When you feel the soul of the artist, that is a masterpiece. So I think that looking at beauty, finding beauty in everything I do and everything I encounter, even the, the obstacles, is something that has been with me forever. Uh, and I think that art was a way for me to do that. But I still think that my major thing in this reality is actually the soul connection and how beauty is expressed in this world when we allow our soul to come forth through us. And that has, I know that art was a way for me to come to the place where I am now. And it was an important thing, the creative thing, that looking at artists and how they express their creativity but still the, the the main thing was the soul connection for me always always happening. right I when when I was a child I was 11 years old when I realized that the stars in the sky and the stars in my mind were made of the same stuff and it was a revelation for me to understand that because it was that connection between the soul and the physical reality and realizing that there's no difference between them. It's, it's, it's a question of vibration. One is a fast vibration and the other one is a slower vibration, but it's the same thing. It's energy. And this is the thing that has been <laughs> occupied my mind since I can remember. Well, you know, one of the, the biggest things that um, we'd love to know is what is Gordana really super excited about now? And when does your book tour begin? <laughs> My book is out September 5th, and that is actually what I'm really, really, really excited about. I mean, oh, this is this is a dream come true, so I'm fully excited about that. I, I really want to hear what people think about my book. I want them to react to it. I want them to read it and use it and become the conscious creators we were all born to be. And that really does excite you. We can hear it in your voice, too. So <laughs> yes, when, it does. When will you begin? It does. It excites me as well because I, I love reading mm. what you do and just, you know, having you 
share yourself. Because, I, you know, one of the things, Gordon, is some people, when they share themselves, they're actually bringing people into their purpose without realizing it, and you're one of those people. So oh, thank, you. Know, <laughs> thank you. Thank uh, you. No, it really is. It's true. And one of the things we'd love to know is will you be doing a book tour as well? Well, actually, I haven't yet talked to Hay House about that, so we're going to have our talk about it. But that would be really lovely to do, especially in the U.S., because most of my readers and Twitter followers come from the U.S., so it would be really lovely to do that. Yes, I think everyone, you know, so Hay House, if you're listening, we would definitely love to have Gordana here in the United States. So, Gordana, thank you for, you know, sharing with us your time and taking the time to be with us on Listen, Give Radio as and Savoy Radio as we restart with the United Nations and sharing, you know, the work here again. And I just want to know, what is the one thing before we leave right now that you would like to leave with the people around the world? What is one thing you'd like to share with them? before you leave today? Well, I would love them to know that love is primary and fear is secondary. All the negative things are secondary in their life. Life, I mean, love is the primary thing. When you tap into your soul source, you feel the love. And every single problem in the world can be solved if we do it from that perspective. So, Love is primary, fear is secondary. Wake up in the morning and tell yourself that. That sounds good to me. (laughs) Well, Gordana, (laughs) thank you so much for being on the show today. It really has been a pleasure. Can you tell everyone where they can pre-order your book right now? Well, all the online stores, you can pre-order them anywhere, Amazon, anyone. And it is hashtag know the truth why knowing who you are changes everything. Well, thank you. And you can also find Gordana online on Twitter and Instagram and yes. Facebook by the name of hashtag, not, I'm sorry, not hashtag, um, using my power talk. My it's power at talk. At my power talk. And that's yes. At my power talk. And that's M Y P O W E R. T-A-L-K. And I'm proud to say that she is an Oprah Super Soul 100 teacher, that she is a teacher teaching us to become conscious with who we are and our purposes in life. And we thank you, Gordana, for being on the show with us again today. We hope you have an amazing day. Thank you so much for having me, Gail. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. Have a wonderful day, Gordana. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.